You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. OTAs are here. OTAs are here. Uh, Not here, Aaron Rodgers. And we're not going to talk about that. But we are going to get our first chance to see these guys out on the field. It's not going to be serious competition. It is mostly, uh, you know, sort of just a check-in. There's going to be some some installs, some, you know, position work. This is not where we make broad sweeping judgments about players or the roster or anything like that. But I, I do think it's a good time to check in. And, you know, when we get closer to training camp, we can have broader, deeper discussions about players who have a lot to prove, players with the most to gain, stuff like that. I think those are all useful conversations for us to be having. What I think is interesting, though, is as we as we move through this process, there are players who are in a position um, who maybe need uh, to step up or who are going to be asked to step up and need to produce. And so I thought it would be interesting to go through the make or break players on this roster. Guys who, if, you know, this is, this is probably their last chance to do it, to do something, to be, to, to show that they deserve a meaningful role or it's over for them. And I want to start, we'll do offense and defense. But I think first, let's just talk about some of the guys who are already broken. Some guys that they had expectations for who we, we probably just need to be done with. So I think it's pretty clear at this point, it's not going to happen for Kevin King. And he was, you know, a, a high pick, not a first round pick, um, but a high pick. He is it's just not going to be anything better than serviceable at best. And a lot of that is the athleticism has has robbed him of some of the, the traits that made him such a uniquely gifted physical athlete coming out of the draft. He just was never really able to put it all together, never played with the kind of swagger and demeanor and feistiness that you wanted play to play. You'd see flashes of it. He'd come he'd come flying upfield, make a tackle and you go, oh, yeah. Or he'd go and contest at the catch point or he'd get an interception in the end zone off Kirk Cousins in a big spot. And you go, oh, yeah, that, that's right. This guy has that talent. And then there are times when when he's just it, it, it's it's like he just doesn't want it and he's not playing hard. He's not playing aggressive. He is, is afraid of contact. It's just he's here. You know, we talk about bridge quarterbacks. He's a bridge cornerback. He is on the roster so that if Josh Jackson, and we're going to get to Josh, or Eric Stokes can't win that outside job, that they know that they at least have someone who is is familiar with the other guys on the team. There is going to be some overlap in this system. 
and they're going to be able to count on him to at least go out there and not murder you week to week. Now, in a big spot against a good team, he's going to be picked on. He's going to be uh, taken advantage of. And so Green Bay is going to have to have some answers for that. Also, I think it's just over for him, Burks. The, the Packers moved him to outside linebacker because they didn't want him inside. He had to we had to go there just because of injuries. He has just shown nothing since his rookie year. And, and he was she showed plenty of promise as a rookie. Um, but we've seen them sort of cycle through these guys who have impressive preseasons. They get hurt and then are never heard from again. Curtis Bolton is another one. I mean, I thought Curtis Bolton had a chance to be the starting linebacker for this team two years ago, and it just never came together. He, he tore his ACL and was never able to be the same after that, whether it's physically or what have you. So I, I think it's just over for him. And, and I think the good news, I think, is... We're, we're, we're done with uh, they're, they're duns. We just know what they are. They're young players with a defined ceiling, and they are just never going to be anything more than that. Now, we're going to talk about some players who have ceilings that are defined insofar as they're probably not going to be Pro Bowl players um, or even high-level starters, but but could play themselves into some kind of role on this team but beyond special teams. You know, Will Redmond is one of those guys. He's a special teams player who you do not want playing defense. And we know that. There's no make or break for him. You know, like it, it, the stakes aren't high enough for him. So let's let's start on the defensive side of the ball. And, and it might even be the case that camp is make or break. But I think Dean Lowry is playing for a job. Because the money is such that they can save money by cutting him. They go out and they draft TJ Slayton. They really like Kingsley Kiki. Tyler Lancaster's back and they have Kenny Clark. You can find a body to come in and give you just snaps if that's what you want. Lowry has, has not been an impact player. There was a time when he was a, you know, a, a solid secondary defensive lineman. And it seems like those days are just over. And so, you know, forget an extension, forget being a central part of this team. He needs to show that he belongs on this roster at the price that they have him. Now, they don't have a ton of other options along the defensive front, but I think we're going to see a lot more four-man fronts from this team. It's going to be two outside linebackers, two interior defenders and Lowry has always been more of that traditional three, four defensive end that five tech, even though he has short arms because he's not an interior rusher. He's someone that is, is going to win, you know, as someone who can shoot a gap or, you know, can beat a tackle on a, on a stunt or something like that play to play. He's just not an impactful player. And if you're going to, if you're going to play more small, you know, more some maybe maybe they'll play more traditional nickel where you have two interior defenders, two edge guys and two linebackers because you feel comfortable, let's say, with Kamel Martin and, and Chris Barnes on the field together. Well, that would make it easier to say, well, Dean Lowry, where do you fit in? And maybe you just take those big hog mollies on the inside and just say, OK, here's what here's what's going to happen. Interior guys are going to be either penetrators or people eaters. So Lancaster is just someone in there to eat blocks. TJ Slayton 
You're just out there to eat blocks. Now, Kenny Clark can do both. Kenny Clark can actually be someone who, if he needs to eat a double team, he will eat that double team. But he can also be an interior disruptor, and I would love to see them give him more opportunities to do that. Um, but your two best interior guys are Kingsley Kiki and Kenny Clark. And you could just go out there and just say, okay, those guys plus Lancaster plus Slayton, that's four guys. If your interior defensive lineman five is just a body, it's just a guy that you picked up off the street or just someone that you get after final cutdowns, you're probably fine, right? You're probably fine. Now, this is this is going to be part of why OTAs are interesting and whether or not we actually get to see much is, is a different thing. But we may learn some things about how this defense is going to look. Guys who are getting reps, um, are they gonna are they gonna be changing much up front? We don't know. We don't know a lot about what this defense is gonna look like, and we won't probably until the regular season. It may not even in the first six weeks. I mean, it may not be what it's going to be until much later in the year. That was true last year with a with a defensive coordinator who was in year three. I mean, they made changes on the fly, which is something you want because you want your coaches to adapt to your personnel. But if if they're if they're going to approach it that way. And I think it's smart to approach it that way. Then you, you just don't need someone like Dean Lowry out there. And so he has to prove that he's worth that money. Josh Jackson is another player defensively. And I've said on the show uh, and many times and on Twitter and in radio interviews that I think Josh Jackson is a terrific fit in this defense. He's going to play more off coverage going to play more zone he's going to get to read the quarterback react use his ball skills use his playmaking and i would i would want i would want him to come in and and compete and push kevin king i want to i want to hear the reports from you know the the news breakers that oh you know who's really impressing the coaches is josh jackson three seven is killing it and you know look i i think he, he he has the talent. I'm I'm still I'm still in on the talent because the playmaking, the ball skills, the instincts. I don't think that stuff goes away. I don't think I don't think you lose that overnight. I think he was playing out of position. I think they wanted him to play in the slot, which I think is silly. He could play some star for this team because you're not going to be asked to run in man coverage a bunch with, you know, shifty slots, especially against certain teams who don't have that like speedy hiccup guy in the slot. Josh Jackson's got to prove it, though. He's got to show something. And, you know, they have Shamar Jean Charles. They have Eric Stokes. We know what Jair Alexander is. Shannon Sullivan, I think, still has something that he can give to this team. So what what is Josh Jackson's role? Can he find one? Can he carve one out? Because they, they don't even seem to really want him on special teams either. He was a gunner for a little while, and then he wasn't, and then he wasn't even active. And that seems pretty suboptimal for a player that that you got, uh, you know, in the top 50 that a lot of people thought was a first-round guy. So you hope that that he's able to turn it around. And, and if he doesn't, look, he, he's not going to be on the team. Now, do you need to cut him this year? No, probably not. But, you know, I thought he played well enough in a few games last year that, that he was at least as good as Kevin King. For me, he was better. And especially in those starts, I thought he played more aggressively. I thought he played more physically. He tackled better. You know, I'd rather someone, I'd rather you against Scotty Miller on a go route when you're not fast enough to run with him. I'd rather you grab him than just let him score. 
right? Um, and and that's what Josh Jackson did. Now they the Tampa did end up scoring in that situation, but at least you made them earn it. And that was a, a kind of a, a lame, you know, I, I hate DPI calls, whether it's for or against the Packers. I hate DPI calls on underthrown balls. If it's a deep ball and you underthrow the guy by five yards and the defensive back, you know, clashes into the running or the receiver because he's trying to come back for a ball that's five yards underthrown. I just, to me, that's not a penalty. You got to, you got to have a better throw. You, you don't, you don't deserve to get bailed out for something like that, but that's neither here nor there. This is a make or break season for Josh Jackson. When you're when you're using high picks on the same position, and you go into a draft and use multiple picks at that position, the coaches are saying a lot about how they feel about your talent and how they feel about your level of play. And if you want to change their mind, you got to show them. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again: if Josh Jackson can't play in this defense, he cannot play, and and we just have to give up. And I'm not going to give up until I see that he can't play in the system because I think, again, I, I believe in the talent, but I understand what's at stake here. And so if he can't play in this in this system with this team, then he just can't play and we just have to get over it. Today's episode is brought to you by Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With the Credit Karma Monday Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? The thing about being financially stable and making good choices is it's a lot of delayed gratification. Credit Karma is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements for items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot of your instant karma cash, which will be added back to your spend account right now. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning that instant karma. That's creditkarma slash win money. Offensively, I think the list is a little shorter because uh, you know some people will argue and certainly I'm I'm willing to hear those arguments that this is a make or break season for for Jordan Love. Uh, and I think there's an interesting discussion to be had there, maybe one worthy of discussion on this show. That if Jordan Love looks bad in OTAs, and I guess I've I've sort of hinted at this, that, hey, if he looks bad again, and I and I use again based on you know some of the things that we've heard, um, if Jordan Love does not appear to have taken a step, if he, he does not appear to have improved. It may affect the way the, the Packers view the Aaron Rodgers situation. It may affect their willingness to make certain concessions with QB1, whatever it is. I don't think it's make or break, though, because my guess is they're not going to trade him. And so it's not like, oh, if he's bad, they'll trade him. I don't know that that's the case. If he's not very good, um, you go to Rodgers and you say, hey, look, man, we'll do whatever you want. Um, but like, why bother trading him? He's not very good. We're not going to be able to get much for him. No one's seen him play. So let's just, you know, he can go out there and play in preseason, get some snaps, learn from you, get better. And, you know, he's, he's just, he will groom him to be your backup kind of thing. And that's how you can sell it to 12. We don't know that Rogers wants J love dealt either. So let's not get it twisted. We don't know that that's the case. I'm not suggesting that it's the case. 
I just don't think bad play from Jordan Love really does much vis-a-vis Jordan Love's future. So he's not on this list, but I, I think it's worthy of, of mentioning him there. One of the make or break guys is Equinemius St. Brown. And he's someone who, you know, was having a nice camp two years ago. Aaron Rodgers pointed out that he was having a nice camp. And then he broke his ankle and was was not able to make the 53, not able to go on IR with a designation to return. And so he missed the entire season. He was not there for the first season with Matt LaFleur. And then last year he's dealing with injury and comes back in the second half and you know, he he drops the two-point conversion in the NFC Championship game. That has been a point of contention. He's been working out with Jordan Love, <laughs> which I don't think is relevant to this discussion, but it's it's worth saying, you know, look, he's trying to get better. He's trying to get better. And the talent with him has never really been the issue. It's been consistency. It's been preparation. It's been, you know, there are some, some you know, whispers about, you know, personality is he always focused? Is he always, you know, trying to trying to get better every day? You hope he is. You hope he is. And you know, working out with Jordan Love, certainly that's a step. You know, that's a that's a nice step to 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 take. And we don't know that he wasn't doing that before. So I don't want to make it seem like, oh, he's he's you know making some sort of important change. Whatever the reason, right? Whatever the reason, his talent has not translated onto the field consistently. Now, as a rookie, we saw genuinely impressive flashes and it was a catch here or it was a block here or it was then it became a game here it was a half here and he's having a great game against the Jets in a game a lot of Packer fans are still mad that they they tried to win and got knocked out with a concussion but showed its toughness in that game took some shots and and kept playing and then finally took a, a whole shot along the sideline that that ended his day He's tough. He blocks. He can run after the catch. I think he is someone who is truly made for this offense. But then he got back on the field last year and was dropping passes and wasn't locked in. And you just can't have that. You just can't have it. Not when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. So if you can't be a reliable receiver, if if Rodgers cannot re- rely on you or Jordan Love, can't rely on you to just make a catch when the offense is making life easy for you to get open, then you just can't be out there. And and that was too often a problem. And, and this is a team that expects to be fighting for something, to be playing for something important. And so the reps are too vital to have you out there if the quarterback and the coach can't trust you. So he has to play better. Again, this is someone who, you know, all these guys, I think really, are people who have talent. And the reason it's make or break is because they can still make it. They still have the talent to make it. Like some of these players, we just know what they are. They're just not very good and they're not that talented and they're just never going to be very good. I I think there is a version of Equinemius St. Brown that is a useful, valuable football player to the Green Bay Packers offense. We just haven't seen that guy really since 2018 in a different offense in very different circumstances, essentially when the team had to put him out there. And there were times when when I thought he was better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But MVS has continued to work. He has gotten better. He has earned the trust of his quarterback and his coaches. And so he's getting the playing time. He's getting the playing time. And and that's the difference. Another player uh, offensively 
who is in a make or break situation is Jay Sternberger. And, and look, I, 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 I hate to say it again. I hate to be redundant on this, but I love the talent. I love the talent. And, and he was someone I really liked in the draft. You know, I wish he had been a little bit more athletic in terms of his testing, but he came in uh, big. I think he bulked up for for the, you know that offseason process. The Packers wanted him to be big at first. He slimmed down. He's lost some weight. He certainly looked more spry last season. And then injuries again. I mean, injuries scuttled his, uh, his rookie season and then his second season. And, and he's a guy only in year three. Uh, but... He just needs he just needs some some opportunities, I think. And you know, off to a slow start last year when he was out there, um, had some drops. He's someone that I think is is really the the potential to be a very, very good player. And I think if you just if you gave him a healthy 16 games, he could have given you what Big Bob Tunyon gave the Packers offense last year. I mean, he could have. I I I believe that from a talent standpoint, I think he could do it. And and frankly, I think he has more gifts as a route runner and as a true receiver after the catch than Tunyon. Tunyon is is a very fluid athlete. He he can make acrobatic catches along the sidelines with great body control and balance. And he has terrific, terrific, terrific hands. I mean, basically the most um, effective and efficient high volume tight end target in the league last year by catch rate and and drops and all that stuff. Jace was was not that. But I think after the catch, Jace is better. I think before the catch, Sternberger is more talented. And we just haven't seen the consistency there. We haven't seen the opportunities either. And even when, you know, you go back to his rookie season, second half, they're running these beautiful schemed up plays. He's running wide open on the rail and Rodgers just doesn't throw to him. I'm not saying he he should have. I'm just saying he didn't. And so Sternberger didn't get the opportunities that, you know, that that maybe he, not I want to say earned, but because I, I think you earn targets. I, I think that, you know, getting open, generally speaking, is a good thing. And you earn those targets by getting open. But he certainly could have been thrown to in some of those situations and wasn't. They go out and they get Josiah DeGuara. He was going to be a big part of this offense day one. What do you do with Big Bob Tunyon? If he has another big season... Do you have to pay him, even if it's the case? And I think it is the case that this offense makes life easier on tight ends. And and in that way, I think makes it easier to say, eh, these guys are kind of replaceable. Unless you're Travis Kelsey, unless you're George Kittle, unless you're Darren Waller, future Packer Darren Waller. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, maybe. Uh this is this is an offense that is going to make life easier on the quarterback. On the receivers and on the tight ends and the running backs, frankly, it makes life easier on everyone except maybe the offensive line. Do you do you need to pay Tunyon when you have Deguara and Jace and and Dominique Daphne? Like Daphne's getting out there and and playing over Sternberger. Now part of that is he was hurt and then you know he has COVID and and you know there's, there's some unfortunate things, some some just bad luck with injuries. We want to see it. We want to see the talent because the talent is there. I mean, I think I think Jay Sternberger can be a very good tight end in the NFL, especially in this offense. He's he's such a good fit in this offense. Get him the ball with a chance to go make a play. I think he can make guys miss. I think he can run through tackles. I think he can win at the line of scrimmage if he needs to. And and I do think 
He has good hands. He just, uh, maybe it's a focus thing. I don't know. I don't know. I want to see him go out and show me consistently the talent because it's it's there. Let it, let it translate. If it translates, you don't have to pay Tanya. You don't. Because this offense makes life easier. So just, just let Sternberger and DeGuara and Daphne take care of it. Because they can. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The bar that tastes like a candy bar. Protein bars do not generally taste like candy bars. They come in nine delicious flavors. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And then limited time flavors. Man, some of those limited time flavors are absolutely absurd. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they taste legit. These are the best tasting protein bars I have ever tasted that I have ever found. I love them. My wife loves them. I have friends, media people tell me that they love them. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. One thing as we finish up here that I want to that I want to mention, um, there is some some reporting that the Falcons are ready to move on from Julio Jones. I do not think the Packers are going to trade for Julio Jones. Um, it would take a lot of a lot of monies to do that. But I did suggest, you know, what if what if the Packers went to Aaron Rodgers and said, "Hey, look, Aaron, um, we will do whatever it takes to get Julio. Whatever it takes." If we have to overpay, whatever whatever the price is, we'll give you know an extra third round pick so that we can get him. What we need is for you to sign a new deal and take a little bit less. Take a little bit less so that we can make this work. We can get you a future Hall of Famer who is still physically able to dominate games. And I know he's been hurt. And there have been, you know, some statistical anomalies. The guy doesn't score touchdowns, which is a really weird thing, but is one of the most productive players, one of the best receivers of his generation. And when he's healthy, is as good as anyone in the league. Uh, an offensive skill set, a, a skill group with Devontae Adams and Julio Jones is preposterous. It is preposterous. You win a Super Bowl. And now, you know, Rodgers is going to say, well, do it first, and then we can then we can talk. The problem, of course, with that is, you know, money. Uh, but you know, isn't, isn't that a way to save face a little bit for both sides? The Packers make the move that fans have been asking for that the quarterback has probably been, um, hoping for, and the, the Packers get a little financial flexibility. You're still able to commit to him on a new deal. And Rodgers can say, Hey, look, it wasn't about the contract. This was never about being the highest paid guy. I wanted commitment from the organization. I wanted to, I wanted them to show that they were committed to winning with me. And this is this is how we're going to do that. And the contract is structured in such a way that, you know, I'm the next, I'm the guy here for three more years, but I'm not, I'm not I don't need to make top of market money. Why do I need to do that? I've I've made my money. You know, I want to win. And and they're committed to winning. And I'm, I believe them because they made this move. I mean, could it happen? Eh. I don't think it would, but why not try it? Why not try it? Who? I mean, a third-round pick, who cares? I mean, it probably is going to take more than that, right? But you, you give the third-round pick extra to get him. Do whatever it takes. 
Now, I, you know, I think the Ravens are, you know, they're the, they're the bet online favorite. The 49ers are right there. I'm a little confused as to what the 49ers are or think they're going to be, but that is a solution that makes sense to me. And I, and I can see why the Packers would do it. I can see why Rodgers would do it and it would make the team better. I mean, if they trade for Julio, they're the favorites full stop. They're the favorites. And you have Aaron Rodgers, and then you have Julio Jones, and you have Julio Jones and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and this offensive line, and and you have a terrific team. Now, you know, financially, would it take some finagling? Yeah, it would. It's just an interesting idea that I wanted to throw, throw out there as a little nugget for people who were um, unfortunate enough to listen all the way to the end of this. No, thank you uh, for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to have a lot of, of great stuff this week, working on some, some big guests coming up here. So stay tuned for all of that. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do so 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.